You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today, my guest is Jordan Montgomery, my, my new best friend. Jordan is a young professional coach and speaker in this area. He uh, grew up in Kelowna, uh, went to the University of Iowa, and uh, went to private business and doing some big things for the corridor. The story goes, and the quote goes, that sometimes your greatest ministry comes out of your deepest hurt, and that's what led me to coach. I wanted to develop other people, so so much of our work has been committed to helping people on that topic. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Jordan, welcome. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's fun to be on. Well, I thought we, I guess we'd start at the beginning. I know you a little bit in your background, but uh, as I recall, you're, you're from Kelowna. From Kelowna. So tell us how you got from Kelowna to, to <clears throat> Iowa City or to Tiffin or wherever. Tell us that, that background. Yeah, so I grew up in Kelowna, Iowa. Um, went to Mid Prairie High School, then went to the University of Iowa, uh, graduated from the University of Iowa, went to work for a financial firm, uh, worked there for several years, uh, met my wife um, not so many years ago, got married started a family, and decided that we wanted to continue to make Iowa home. So we stayed. So we live in Tiffin, Iowa. Uh, we have three daughters and a fourth child on the way. I think you knew that. Uh, yeah, I heard that. That's exciting. <clears throat> so we're excited. And um, Iowa, I think, unless God has a different plan, will be home forever. We love it here. So we're not moving. Well, that's good. That's that's exciting. So tell me, I know you're in, 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 in the business world, you know, and financial advising, and now you're into, I call, I guess, is the right term coaching? What's What's the right term? But Tell us what you do and how you got involved in this. Yeah, so we run a firm. My wife and I run a company um, for our listeners. I know you know some of this detail, but we have uh, 15 coaching partners, and the company is Montgomery Companies, and it's a uh, coaching and consulting company that specializes primarily in leadership development and organizational health. So we work a lot with executive leaders, salespeople, um, started to work with several athletes, doing a lot of work in the world of sports, um, but really working with people in on developing the leader within and then developing teams. So uh, we've just been really fortunate to work with some great people and uh, we have a few thousand clients. Uh, a lot of our clients are not local, some are, but uh, thank God for a virtual world. We can do things through Zoom and phone and I travel a lot to speak, but uh, our focus is really on leadership development and, and organizational health. So now, um, uh, in this, the past couple of years, we've had this COVID-19 virus situation which must create some challenges, but I guess also it creates some opportunities because you, rather than traveling all the time, the Zoom thing became more more common. Is that right? Have you, that adjustments worked out okay? Yeah, isn't it crazy, right? That we, when it first went down, we didn't know. I thought, I don't know how you know this is gonna affect our business. We had never been through a pandemic. And, and uh, for us, it was um, troublesome in the beginning because of the unknown, but we quickly pivoted to doing virtual work and where we really benefited was not not just our business, but on the home front, because I was traveling so much. I think I did 75 speaking gigs. Um, almost all of those required a hotel or flight the year prior to, to COVID. And so to be home 
and to not have to travel and do a speaking gig virtually from you know my home office sitting in my shorts and a button-up shirt uh, was a win. So I got a lot more time at home with our daughters and my wife, but also uh, I think companies started to be okay with doing things virtually. Mm-hmm. So they developed a greater appetite for, and, and, I, and that's stayed. Now we're starting to see, I'm starting to travel more now and be on site with teams. But there's some companies that said, you know what, we're not gonna go back to the in-person stuff, or maybe we're just gonna do one you know, in-person meeting per year, but these other meetings that we do quarterly or monthly, we could do those virtually. So for us, I gotta be careful how I say this, for us, the pandemic shifted our business, I think in a good way, mm-hmm. that allowed us to have a, a higher quality of life and, and more opportunity. That's exciting. It's uh, yeah, exciting. it's good. So. Well, tell us about the company. I know Ashley, your wife, is very actively involved and sort of maybe runs it, I guess. And there's other people too. Tell us about who are <clears> the key <throat> players out there in, with Montgomery Companies. The big joke is that my wife runs the business and I run my mouth. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it's got to working, I guess. That's kind of how it works. So she handles all the details, all the logistics, uh, you know, for our team, for my my travel. Um, does all of our contracting, marketing, um, and I, I just spend time with people. So I'm like you. I just I coach and I speak and I, you know, got meetings all day. They're one to one or one to many, and um, we're working on leadership development and organizational health. So we work with uh, a lot of folks in real estate, finance, world of sports. Uh, a typical day, I'll have you know five to eight meetings. Again, some of those are one to one, some are one to many, and then usually there's a, a either a virtual speaking gig or a, a live speaking event. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's probably three out of five days in a week. There's a, a speaking event of some sort. Sure. But we, you know, my, my job is threefold. I, I run our team, so we've got uh, 15 coaching partners. So I, I, I run our team and then coach our clients individually, do group coaching, and then the keynote speaking would be the other part of kind of my responsibility. Right. And if it's not one of those things, then my wife handles it. Right. And, and she's she's the best. She's uh, we're complete opposite. She's very logical. I'm highly emotional. Yeah. Um, she's a lot smarter than I am, so it works out. Well, it's a, it's a real success story. Uh, so uh, we're doing this uh, podcast today. I think today is April 20th, if I recall. And, uh, and recently um, uh, you called one day and said you wanted to bring a guy named John Gordon to the corridor. And, uh, of course, I, I said, who in the hell is John Gordon? Uh, but then <laughs> I realized that John Gordon is sort of a, a famous guy. Uh, I've become a John Gordon fan. I'm on this I on his podcast, get his newsletter, you know, I, I, I yeah. got the, the, the book, I bought his book, and he's coming. So um, tell me about that, that background, how what your connection is and what prompted you to organize this event. Well, John and I originally got connected through a couple other mutual friends, uh, Thomas Williams and David Nurse, and <clears throat> he's kind of been a, just a mentor to mine. And we were talking one day and he said, you know, I'll just come to Iowa and we'll, we'll do some events together. And and so I, I, of course, said yes and would love to do that. And, um, and then I called you and I said, I got this crazy idea. And when you have a crazy idea, you need crazy people to go with you mm-hmm. with your crazy ideas. And you were one of the first to say, let's, well, first you said you're crazy. <laughs> that's right. For, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then you said, you're sure going to do it. Well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. But and then yeah, you said, I was a little it. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I think we'll have five to 600 people with us at the Hyatt in, in Corville. Uh, thanks to your help. I think a third of them are Tom's best friends. Well. Um, but we're going to, we're going to have a great time and and John's going to talk. Nate Kading's going to talk, uh, Tim Harrington, Jade Gordon. So I'm not sure when this episode gets distributed, but, uh, we aren't certain either. We'll be, we'll be probably close to the date of the event if you're listening to this right now. So, um, but But yeah, sort of, so by the way, this event he's doing, it's, it's, you have have to buy a table. They aren't selling individual tickets, but still it's just a, yeah. 
Well, we deserve to. We, we got to give some shout outs. West Bank is is a sponsor. Green Sierra, Green Sierra Friendly Competitor, Northwestern Mutual, Mutual, Van Meter, and McGrath yeah. Auto are yeah. the companies that made this possible. So, yeah. um, so we're excited. I think it'll be great. It'll be fun. No, I can't. It's against, uh, It's one of those things. Like it's a, it's a corridor event with the the virus ending. Some of us have talked about trying to work closer with our friends across the corridor. Well, that's Cedar Rapids, but also in Washington County. Bring us all together. Let, let, let's meet together. And remind ourselves right. how much meaningful that has and this this event you're doing will be a corridor event there'll be people from all over eastern iowa coming i think yeah i think we have people from around the state um, yeah. some folks from des moines the quad cities dubuque um one of my favorite quotes john gordon always says a connected team is a committed team mm-hmm. and you're one of the best connectors i've ever met you connect people you bring people together and that's kind of what we're doing we're just bringing people together no, and we want to do it around a um a great speaker like john gordon and have some fun in the process and John wrote this book. This the famous book is called "The Energy Bus," which I've now. But when we called like uh, <coughs> Laura McBride at Van Meter, she's a big John Gordon fan. She uses the book in her business it, about the culture of their business. So it's this is a this is a big event in my opinion. So yeah, congratulations! It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, thanks and thanks for all your help making it making yeah. it work. Well, let's talk a little bit here about how you got involved in this uh, sort of this coaching and speaking business. So what what prompted you to to start doing this? Well, I think for me, it, it happened by virtue of uh, a couple of events. So I was in the financial services business and loved that line of work. Um, but, but again, I, I was, uh, I think I was underdeveloped and overexposed, meaning I, um, I had goals. I was really focused on the future, but I didn't really have, uh, uh, really, really didn't have an understanding of my values. In other words, my, my goals were set before my values were clear. And that was, that was troublesome. Um, and when you come into a situation where you have access to resources and influence, if you don't really know who you are, that could be a really dangerous place to be. So I was just moving very fast. I, I was maybe a little bit careless and casual. And, and you're, I, you're in your early mid twenties, right? This is, you know, you're, you're yeah, young. I was in my, was in my, yeah. I'm in my yeah. mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was, I was flying to a new city every week to speak. And I had, uh, the responsibility of running this large financial firm. And I was living sort of in the, in the proverbial penthouse. Like I thought I was. I thought I was living the life, and unbeknownst to me, I, I had a lot of work to do. I was pretty blind to that work that I needed to do. And on April 1st, 2015, my managing partner called me to his office, and he said, uh, hey, today's going to be your last day with our firm. Then it hit me right between the eyes, and I'll never forget his words. He said, I still love you. I care about you. You haven't done anything malicious or intentional, but you've been careless. And when you're careless and casual, you create casualties. And on that day, I was the... I was the casualty. And mm-hmm. what had happened, there was a, a member of my team that took a test on my behalf when I was traveling. She was trying to be helpful. I didn't report it. Um, I should have, and that led to uh, ultimately a termination. The company gave me a second chance. They welcomed me back. There was about 30 days where I didn't have uh, a job. It was incredibly uh, devastating just in terms of like my pride and ego. Uh, I was very insecure. All of my identity was in my work. So I, you know, I, I found my identity in my successes, in my achievement, in my bank account. And we all know that those things aren't meant to sustain us. And when that was taken away, it really uh, was incredibly difficult. But the story goes, and the quote goes, that sometimes your greatest ministry comes out of your deepest hurt. And that's what led me to coaching. I just, I, I wanted to develop other people. Um, I wanted to be a part of, of leading, but doing it the right way, helping people with their values, helping them understand who they are. So, so much of our work has been committed to helping people on that topic. And, um, 
And in that desert season, I, I kind of had two years, Thomas, no speaking engagements, <laughs> really no coaching. I rebuilt this financial planning business in Minneapolis, Minnesota. With the same company? The same company. Yeah, they kept, yeah, well, yeah, same they, company. They, yeah. they kept you. Yeah. Same company. They yeah. kept me. But I, lo- I had lost all my clients because the former managing partner kept the clients. That's how that works. So I, my revenue basically went to zero. I had no more influence. My reputation was, was bruised. My ego was certainly bruised. That business is really hard to build once. It's definitely hard to build twice. And for two years, I went through this sort of desert season where I was just working on myself. And um, I had a, a mentor by the name of Tim Bohannon. He's the guy that gave me the second chance. And he one day asked me a question that was really powerful. And he said, uh, Jordan, there's a question you need to start asking yourself. And the question is, uh, what part of the problem is me? Because up until that point, my bitterness and my anger had forced me to look um, to everybody else to, to point the finger and to place blame. And this was unfair and it's not my fault. And I wasn't treated the right way. And, and it was a lesson for me that whether you're 5% of the problem or 95% of the problem, if you make a mistake, you own it. And I had to own it. And the minute I started owning it, uh, God started doing some really cool stuff in my life. And I started to, to grow in my character, but also in my peace and contentment and, and also my relationships. That's when I met my now wife, Ashley, and I got to build a family. And I think I, I was on this path where I was not going to be a very good family man. I mean, I just wasn't probably going to be a great husband or father based on the things that were controlling me and driving me. And so uh, I think just God started to deal with my pride and my ego. And um, sometimes God's preparation is packaged as pain. I don't like that, but it's true. And so he just sort of redirected my path. And I yeah. got be, to become a, 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 a husband and a dad. And um, Ashley had two kids from a previous marriage. So that was a big responsibility to step into that. And I think God used some of what I went through to shape me for those roles that I was about to play. So that's a long way of answering a pretty simple question, but I didn't choose it per se. Um, but God opened some doors through some real adversity. And I can look back now and say, I'm thankful for it. Well, good. Well, tell me about uh, what you do in your spare time then. Um, as I recall, you're sort of a sports fan and, or, you know, about vacations. Yeah. Tell me. What do you do to, to relax? Well, we have three young girls, so we don't do a lot of relaxing. Um, <laughs> right. And a baby on the way. But we spend a lot of family time. That's kind of our, you know, Fridays and Saturday nights. It typically would be with, with our girls, either, you know, uh, attending one of their activities or just hanging out as a family. Um, I think, you know, I, I travel so much for work that when I'm home, I, I just want to be home. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have a lot of just quality family time. I am big into sports, sports nut, just like you. So uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but if I'm, if I'm by the TV, it's, there's a sporting event. Packers fan, uh, diehard Iowa Hawkeyes fan. Um, I don't really have an NBA team, uh, but I watch a lot of NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but yeah, I, you know, sports, family, faith, those sure. are kind of our, yeah. the pillars for us. Yeah, I, my memory is you're a country music fan too. Is that is that right? That is right. Okay, it's good memory. Well, no, people. Yeah. That's, I, I'm not a big country music fan, but I've learned that's 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 everybody. Everybody likes country music. Here's why sells. I like country music. This is why. Yeah. People always ask, well, why do you like country music? Because some people don't. Some people hate it. I like it because they sing about things that we live out. Right. You know, and yep. like faith and family and the real world and, and the real world. Yep. And so I that to me is it makes sense. I I understand. I've I've learned a lot with. 
you and some of our employees here at the bank that that uh, they've you know it's a feel I, it's I a feel know. good yeah feel no, good thing. I'm, I'm impressed well tell us now about this sports connection i'm a, as you know i'm a sort of a sports fan but a lot of my friends are and and uh, as i recall now you're currently involved with is it central arkansas central arkansas okay tell us what you do there how that connection and how you got connected down there uh, well, all of life is just relationships, and I had a client who runs a financial firm at, in Conway, Arkansas, and one of his best friends happens to be the head football coach at University of Central Arkansas, Nathan Brown. And Nathan was the second youngest Division I coach in the country, so he's a fiery guy. He's got a ton of energy. We just share a lot in common. He's a person of faith. He's a great leader. And so initially, I just went to speak to the team, and then he said, hey, could we do this again? And it sort of morphed into a... Um, longer-term opportunity. So I've been with the team for three years. I travel to about half the games. I do all the pregame speeches in the locker room, which is kind of a unique environment, mm -hmm. very different than, you know, a typical keynote speech or working with yeah. people in a boardroom. Um, and then I do some mentoring throughout the year. So again, it's all leadership development. I'll travel there a handful of times every year outside the season um, just to work with the athletes and the, and the coaching staff. So we just did an event. Actually, um, we had six or 700 people in Conway and we flew in uh, Eric Wood, who's a former pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills, uh, David Nurse, who you know, sure. is an NBA trainer, uh, Mike O'Connell, former Division One athlete, now pastor, and then Colin Henderson, who's the CEO at Master Mindset, and he's also a former D1 athlete. So we did this big event. Um, really, it was all about leadership development, developing the leader within, and it was a win. It was really fun. So we're just trying to add as much value there as we can. Yeah, I saw that again on Facebook. It's just amazing that many people came to Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, I've never been there. So I mean, that's that's impressive. Now, yeah, it's it. it's a small. It's about like Iowa City. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, sixty seventy thousand people mm -hmm. and and uh, great little town, middle middle Arkansas. Now my memory is this uh, back to John Gordon at the he is connected with other sports figures, sort of big time speakers. I I signed up for John's uh, Power of the Positive Summit. That's great. And so then I bought the access to the year round podcast. Uh, was pretty reasonable, twenty five dollars. I could afford that. Yeah. And he had Sean McVay on. That's right. He's yeah. the coach of the yep. the Rams, who are the Super Bowl champions. And uh, I think he's related to. Oh, he has friends friendship with Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson coaches. That's that, right. That right. He does that type of coaching too. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's really become a, a person of influence in the sports world, specifically with high level leaders and coaches. Mm -hmm. So he's close with like Tony Bennett, Sean McVay. He's done a lot of work with Dabo Sweeney. Um, done a lot of work in the WNBA, so he's very connected to women's basketball, right. but also men's basketball, National Football League. I mean, he's just he's a person who uh, teams trust, I think, to come in and talk about leadership, but also teamwork. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of known as a positivity guy. That's his brand. So it's it's positivity, it's optimism. One of my favorite quotes, he says, "I'm not positive because life is easy. I'm positive because life is difficult." And I love that. You it know, makes sense. Yeah, people <clears throat> need positivity. Yeah, you're, you're you're an example of that. You know, people need. A positive influence in their life, and I think he's doing a lot of good uh, for a lot of people. And uh, locally, I know you're, you're somewhat connected to the Iowa basketball program, the men's program. Initially, right? you do some, you work with them maybe informally. Is that right? I mean, just as a friend. Yeah, McCaffrey's have just become really good friends over the years, and and they took me in, kind of befriended me at a time in my life when it was uh, just a, a, you know, a, kind of a down season for me actually, and, and just really, um, really respected the way that they cared for people, loved people well. And so, yeah, the last five or six years, it's just been fun getting to know them and have an opportunity to speak to the team and now working with um, the athletic department and, and Fran and Margaret on some of the NIL stuff, the sure. name, image, likeness yep. stuff. And, uh, and so it's, um, it's been a good journey. 
I know, uh, as you know, I've been trying to work with Lisa Bluter to do, do an event, and you're helping with that. And I believe that Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen are coming to your John Gordon event, and they are John <coughs> Gordon fans, as I understand. Is that correct? That, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Coach Bluter, you know, it's funny because you, you emailed her to invite her to the event, mm -hmm. and she said, hey, our, our team has read many of John's books. And uh, so they're going to be there. I think the, the women's basketball team will be at this event. The men's basketball team, the athletic department, has a, a table. So, again, I think there'll be a, a great sports presence. Actually, USA Basketball has a table. Uh, Don Showalter, who is the sure. director of development for USA Basketball, um, he's going to be there, and he's bringing some of his folks. So there should be a lot of sports people in the room yeah. uh, for that event. It makes it fun. And makes I it fun. I appreciate you helping me with this. We're hoping to do a, a luncheon in the fall with – Lisa and her program to showcase what they've accomplished and also celebrate. I think this is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which is an important thing in women's athletics. So anyway, yeah. So we'll be working yeah. on that soon coming up, and you're going to be great meeting. So that'll, that'll be that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Well, tell me about uh, some other things. Like, what's um, you're obviously a coach and giving some advice. What's the best advice that you've you've received, like in your professional career in your life? What's who who has um, given you some good yeah. good guidance? Well, you've given me some good guidance. Well, but uh, I mean, tr truly, I you know you've been one of the one of the kind of the key mentors and influences in my life. And um, you know, I think as you get older, I think you just learn to be more yourself. I think I've learned that. I think when I was young, you know, when you're young, especially in the social media era, there's there's pressure to be somebody you're not, um, or to try to be like other people. You know, I think comparison's the great killer of joy. Um, quickest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. Right. And so I think I've, I've just, as I've grown and matured, I've, I've learned to just be myself. It's been said you're most effective when you're most authentic. So um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of great people around me like you that have helped me with that. And I still have a voicemail on my phone saved from when I went through a really hard time in my life in 2015. And you, you specifically said just don't forget these days because they're going to refine you. And... Um, don't forget who was there for you in the valley. And mm -hmm. so I haven't forgotten that. Um, tried to stay really connected to the people that were there for me, but also, um, you know, my upbringing and my journey, you know, where, where I come from, I just don't ever want to forget that. So those would just be a few things that I've learned uh, along the way. Well, that's great. Well, one of the things that I think we both work on is, is uh, relationships in the corridor with the, the virus sort of ending yeah. and then get back together. Um, and you're a corridor guy from Kelowna. Yeah. You're in Johnson yeah. County. You live in Tiffin. You have friends in Cedar Rapids. Uh, uh, looking at the corridor, looking ahead, what's like some of the big, biggest issues that uh, this area faces as we try to get get better and better? Well, I think they're, you know, we're, um, I, I, I see this place with such optimism. So, it, you know, when I, when I think about um, the corridor, I immediately just think about all the opportunity and, and the good things about living here and being here. I do think, um, you know, Cedar Rapids, the North and the South really, you know, coming together. I think there'll be a time in my life where I see, I think it'll just all be one. You know, I think that, I think uh, right. the interstate would just it all be connected and I'm excited about that. But I think that's always an opportunity to just keep the, the towns connected. Um, I think diversity and inclusion has got to be a, a top priority. Um, you know, it's Iowa and we're not inherently diverse. And so um, taking that topic very seriously, um, not just in how we, how we go to market or how we build a company or a business, but like really being boots on the ground about that and being inclusive and accepting in our, in our personal lives. Uh, I, think, I think that's a big opportunity just because of where we, you know, our part of the country, there's just not, 
Um, there's just not a lot of diversity. So I, I think that's an opportunity. Um, and I think keeping talent here, like the University of Iowa is such a juggernaut of, of development. You know, there's so many kids that come out of here that want to move to Minneapolis or Chicago and Kansas City. And that's fine. I, I can understand the allure of wanting to be a part of a bigger city. But I think keeping young talent here, um, whether whether it's talent joining a company or it's getting these young kids to start a business, like getting them to, to develop roots here, I think is also an opportunity for us. And I'll, I'll say this, there are people working on all of those initiatives that are doing a fantastic job. So I don't say that as though we're missing it or we don't have it figured out. I just think we got to continue to pour gas on a fire that's already burning and continue to attack those initiatives, all of us collectively, um, beyond just the people that are championing you know, those efforts. I think that's exactly right. It's, uh, I do agree the future is bright. And like I said, with the, the virus are ending, allowing us to get together and build relationships, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity here. So, I t- totally agree. It's exciting. And, and you've, you've created so much opportunity. I mean, I like this area because it's big enough that um, there, there's so much to do and see. There's a lot to be excited about and proud of. But it's small enough where you can get things done. If you want to throw an event, if you want to uh, meet people, um, you can do that. And you don't, have to, you don't have to be this person of influence. You can just you can put yourself out there and make things happen. Can't agree more. It's one of the advantages because we are small enough that we can invite people to come to things. They meet people. They get connected, and things happen. So you don't That's have to right. be a big shot to make things happen. You just we us us older people have to invite them in. That's right. And they'll they'll be yeah. fine. They're, all, they're I'll, very talented. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick story about this because this is I've told the story often. Um, there was a dinner many years ago, and a gentleman reached out to me and said, "Hey, I I want to host a, a dinner with some of the young entrepreneurs." And so it was all young entrepreneurs who were sort of, you know, either running their own company or they were involved in a company. And um, he said, so why don't you put these people, you know, that, that, that need to be in this room at this table, I'll do the dinner and I wanna, I wanna meet these people. So I sent him the list of the people who are gonna come and you were on that list, Tom Seelick. And so he calls me, he says, hey, I, I'm really excited about this group. He's like, I'm just trying to make sense of this. It's all these young entrepreneurs. <laughs> and then you got, you know, Tom Seelick, isn't he, a, I think he's a banker and I don't, you know, he's not, He's not 30. He's not 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so um, I said, well, just just trust me. I think this is. I think it's important to have him in that room. And um, so we had this dinner, and each one of us, as we were around the table, uh, this this guy said, hey, I'd love to hear your story, and I'd love to hear how you got started, and who helped you. And every one of us, from Andy Stoll to Adam Cuny to R- R- Ravi Patel uh, to, to to Roby Miller, I mean, all of us had a story about about Tom about you helping us and and creating opportunity and opening doors and being an advocate. And I, I love that story because it's a microcosm of your leadership journey, but it's also a microcosm of what we can get done here in the corridor when we choose to be helpful. I don't know that that happens in the big cities the same ways, the same way in which it can happen here. And the next day that guy called me and he said, I had no idea that Tom had created all that opportunity for so many young people. Yeah, well, and so it's a, that's just, it was, it was a feel good story and, and, and you're not the only one. Again, yeah, I, I want to like, highlight, yeah. there's a lot of people doing that work. Right. You're, you're, you're one of the best, but it's, it's evidence that you can get stuff done in the corridor and connect people and make a huge difference. Um, and I think our, I think our community is unique that way. Like I said, my only rule really is to connect people. They're also talented. If you just give people an opportunity, they'll be fine. That's right. You just got to welcome yeah. them in. It's, yep. it's not that complicated. They need connection. Well, um, we should wrap this up pretty quick. Let's look forward. Um, let's look out 10 or 15 years. What, um, where will you be and what will be going in your life, you think, down the road? Wow, I, I don't know. That's a big question. Um, 
I think I've always struggled to live in the present. My whole life I've always been, you know, like um, I had a mentor. He said people have destination addiction. They just they're they're so ready for the next chapter right. or the next phase or constantly thinking about what's next. And that's been me kind of my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I've really struggled to be present. So for the first time in my life, not that I don't have goals and I don't have a vision, I do, but I'm also trying to stay really locked into where I'm at today. Because our kids are young. Um, you know, I've been married, uh, what, going on five years? Uh, and I just, there's just a lot that I have to learn. And these are really cool years. And right. I'm, I'm getting older and I, I, uh, I'm grateful for where I'm at. So I'm trying to stay present. That said, um, related to the future, I, I think, you know, we want to continue to scale our company. So professionally, I would just hope that there'd be more impact, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more coaching partners. Um, if we're, if we're fortunate enough to have, you know, more speaking opportunities, I'll, I'll say yes to the ones that, that I can say yes to. And on the, on the personal front, here's one thing I'll maybe leave our listeners with this. I think as a young person, and you knew me really young, like right out of college, I think I was underdeveloped and I was overexposed. I stepped into leadership positions way too young and I got a seat at the table, but I wasn't prepared to stay there because I was underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really worked on myself in terms of my habits, my vision, my goals, um, just even my, even my values, just mm-hmm. it wasn't clear to me. And so uh, we can either be underdeveloped and overexposed or we can be overdeveloped and underexposed. And I think I'm in a season of just trying to develop myself. And instead of reaching for the next opportunity, I'd rather just be at the table and be ripe and ready for when that opportunity comes. So um, trying to stay present, I'm trying to work on myself. I'm happy to be at the table, but I'm, I'm also content. And I'm, I'm thankful for where I'm at. Well, yeah, I think you're a huge asset to the area and I'm excited about, like for example, this John Gordon event. If, if you are able to attract in big time speakers, bring us together, all have common goals. That's, that's a huge thing for the corridor. And so I'm hoping this yeah. becomes an annual event led by Montgomery Companies. Uh, the, well, we'd love to be. Yeah, continue to, continue to do it. And with yeah. your help, we couldn't do it without yeah. you and, and without the, the other great people yeah. involved. So you've been a huge, you've been a tremendous support and asset. So thanks for your help. Well, thanks. Thanks for being uh, the guest on the podcast. And uh, you'll hear more about Jordan Montgomery and his companies in, uh, in the months ahead. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tom. Tom's new best friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.